on today's Question of Faith, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Now what? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And I'm Mary Von Karlowitz, the Director of the Office for Human Life for the Diocese of Cleveland. Oh, Mary, you've had quite a week. Oh, indeed, I have <laughs> quite a weekend. <laughs> so Roe v. Wade overturned a day that many have been waiting for for a very, very long time. Mary, what was your first reaction when you heard the news? Wow, this day, is all I said to myself, will be remembered as an historic one in our nation's history, but in the life of our church as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a day that many people, you know, I was in Chicago at a conference, uh, at a Catholic conference called Journeying Together, and uh, the Archbishop of uh, Louisville had Mass that day, and and that's the first thing he said. He was like, well, today, a day we have waited for for so long, Roe versus Wade is overturned, and then there was applause like right after that. So a day that a lot of people have been waiting for, and and obviously a day it's also – filled with all around the world, you know, all around the country division, you know, people on both sides of the issue. And so, uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do on the other side. You know, this is not time just to take a victory lap and say that's the end of it. You know, there's a lot of work to do on the other side of this. So how are we going to start? Oh, amen. And, you know, now that you said that you were in Chicago, I'll just share that I was in New York City. So Ah. you could only imagine what that environment must have been like. And you're so right both sides. Um, This is a day we've been really working toward for almost 50 years. Both sides are so emotional about the end, but this is not an ending point. This is a fork in the road, and I believe this is going to be the defining moment for our church as we have to actually put our feet to, to the road and really say and do what we've said that we were going to do. It really is our time to shine as we accompany people, as we walk with people. Oh my gosh, we have opened up an incredible door. It's a time for hope, um, but it's a time for compassion, for mercy. It's a time to recognize where those other people are at too. try to meet them where they're at, and renew our continued commitment to advocate for the dignity and sanctity of all human life at every stage. So Mary, some of these things were, you hear the conversation, now it's time for the work to begin. But in many ways, as a Catholic Church in the Diocese of Cleveland, we've already been doing a lot of this work, and maybe we need to tell our story a little better and let people know what it is that we've been doing. I noticed on Thursday on the diocesan uh, social media accounts, there's a beautiful story on Zelly's Place, a home for women, formerly Maggie's Place at St. Monica's old convent. So there are more things like that. You know, honestly, I think it's the best kept secret for sure in our diocese, but I believe the Catholic Church as a whole. We work really well in tandem with Catholic Charities in the city of Cleveland and in our diocese, there are so many wonderful, well-kept secrets. There's an awful lot we're trying to share with you now that have been there. It's not as though we are just reinventing or inventing some new journey or accompaniment. Mm. We've had many homes, homes for um, women who need help along the way as they bear their children and bring them into the world. And even afterward, homes for women who've had um, abortions, people are there to care for people all along the way. There's a listing on our diocesan website, and I know that our diocese is going to spotlight even more of these 
wonderful, wonderful homes and hopes that we have for the people in the future. So, Mary, if if I were a teenager and I found myself pregnant, what would be the first thing that I should do? Like you know, you said earlier, some of this is the best kept secret. So, how do we not make this the best kept secret anymore? How could we help people accompany them on the way? You know, this is like I said, a time for us to shine. All of our parishes, our schools, our religious communities, all have at this point in time. Um, the wherewithal, the means to help guide, to help facilitate, to help care for, to help lead anyone. I think the parish communities are kind of like the home base for a lot of these people. They need to know that there's no judgment there, that we're here for them. They can also easily, like I said, Google our website, um, reach out to someone. First of all, reach out just because when you're in an emergent situation, whether it's a crisis pregnancy or just uh, an unexpected one in, in one way or another, you need to walk with someone. You can't do it alone. You can't make those decisions alone. Reach out to someone, a friend, a parent, um, perhaps a, a life team coach, um, a pastor if you're friends with. Sometimes it's harder to reach out to them. A mom, you know, almost every single parish can point you in the direction of hope, of a facility, um, even if it's getting an ultrasound and seeing your baby for the first time and then saying, you know, sweet girl, you're not alone. We're here. We can even help you talk to your parents about this. Um, and if money is an issue, well, my gosh, you know, what is it? Would you like um, to know that your your baby's going to have a home, a future, a hope? Do you think you can't care for it afterward? We're going to walk through this with you. We're going to go to doctor's appointments with you. We have wonderful programs like Walking with Moms in Need, mm. um, Project Gabriel, many of those whereby the community just is there for you. They'll watch the children that you have if you already have children, help you find education, help you find doctors, um, geez, help you get a crib, uh, a car seat, housing even if you need it. You're not alone. Where do you get this information if you're at your phone now, you're at your computer, you're saying, all right, I, she just spewed out all this info. I want to find it and see it and read it myself. Where do you go? I'd go to the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland, the website, and there's going to be a link on the front page to the Office for Human Life. There's Pregnancy Care is one of the links. Um, but moreover, I think there's really a direct link right on the front page of this at this point in time and will be for quite some time. So Pregnancy Resources, Office of Human Life, Diocese of Cleveland. And we'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, we'll throw that in the show Moreover, notes. Moreover, each of your parishes has information. They've actually been given a slew of information for, for Zelly's House, for Bethesda Home of Mercy, uh, just a whole slew and host of places you can go for whatever your needs are, whether they be medical care, um, any type of crisis, or just supportive care in general. And, you know, Mary, you said earlier, you know, this is sort of a an opportunity for the community to really, uh, you know, start to take all of this to heart. And I would say there, there have been people who have been doing that all along, you know. But, you know, now I think because this is so evident in the headlines, it's really up to all of us, right? You know, now we have to say, okay, wait a minute. If we really care about this, then, then it's time for us to move, you know, all Christians to move. And and so, you know, it's it's kind of an opportunity for us to inform ourselves about what's out there. And and to take the necessary steps to say, okay, look, we're, if we're going to walk with we're going to walk with moms in need, 
and we worked hard for this day to come. Well, now it's time for us to put our money where our mouth is. Let's let's go out there and let's start to say, okay, how do we really accompany people, to use Pope Francis's word, and 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 get this done? Make sure that these people are not living in fear and that they have the all of the resources that they need, and that we can care about people from conception to natural death. You know, it's so true. Our call as Christians and Catholics is to be there for everyone always, always has been. It's the work of the apostles, and we are in post-apostolic age. Our job is to be missionary disciples. Sometimes, and this is what I wanted to interject before, it probably needs to be us that goes out and looks for the people that we know that are hurting. I'll tell you some communities, not necessarily just high school communities, but college communities as well, um, as the information that they have received from the outside world has been so negative. Uh, one of the mis- and there's so many misassociated with the Roe v. Wade, the decision, the Dobbs decision, etc. Is that well, the Catholic Church only cares that you don't have an abortion, and that's all. Oh my gosh, we need to eradicate that myth. Catholics are not only pro-birth, but they're pro-child. They're pro-mother, they're pro-father, they're pro-family. Like I said, there's a list of resources we have already. But more than that, it's about the people. Perhaps you do go to church and you find somebody in the pew next to you. That's your neighbor. We've got to, we're trying to, committed to reaching out to our brothers and sisters everywhere just with the gesture of a warm hello. Maybe it's a greeting in a narthex or gathering area. Maybe your parish has special get-togethers. There's so many parish festivals going on at this time of year. It's the time to reach out to your fellow neighbor. They don't have to be Catholic. My gosh, we reach out to all people everywhere. We need to let them know. I know that we mentioned in another conversation we had about uh, the upcoming fall, we're going to have QR codes out everywhere, especially for the young, the youth, in in high schools, in colleges, uh, wherever social people gather on bulletin boards, so that all you need to do is swipe that QR code and you'll be directed toward a whole host of services that we provide. And I'm talking about even some, and God forbid, but it's very, very true, that are being trafficked for that whole arena of human trafficking. You find yourself pregnant or in a situation that's really scary. We've got that covered too. Just swipe the QR code and you'll be led to, to some help. I think too that you know, one of the things that I continue to see is that the, you know, the divisiveness that ha- that occurs on this issue on, on both sides of the equation. You know, that there, there are people who call themselves pro-choice who will say that all people who believe in the, in the pro-life movement are misogynists, right? And then they'll go, th- and then the other way, you know, the people who are pro-life will, will say that all the people who are, are out there fighting for abortion are baby killers. And so now we're, you know, you can't have conversation like that because that just ends conversation. So how are we, how are we looking to try to have dialogue with people on this issue so that people are are not just vindictive and throwing things at each other all day long. We've witnessed over the past couple of days just what that's like. Um, As I said, I was in New York City, so you could only imagine. We've heard around the world as well. Um, The fires that people have started in churches, um, the desecrating churches and, and pregnancy centers, it's not about that. You can be angry, whatever side you're on. 
half the time, actually more than half the time, almost all the time, it's because of a lack of knowledge. I have been in many conversations this past weekend with people from both sides, but particularly for those that were distressed about this decision and their information was garnered from wrong places. And I think we know that about everything in our world and society today. So it's about educating. It's about dialoguing. It's about finding the truth. Like I said, there's so many myths associated with both sides. And it's time for us to come together. Um, We need to put down our banners and our banters and our anger and just dialogue together. I think what our Catholic Church right here in the Diocese of Cleveland has done has been phenomenal. Um, We've told people that we were going to accompany them, that we are there with them. We are just walking with people, praying for them. There are so many things that we need to do. Prayer is such an important part of this, and I know it's hard for people who don't pray, but that means we need to have the wisdom and stamina as we head into this new chapter to accompany those people. I feel that we'll end up celebrating, I know that, on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade each year, as well as on the Dobbs ruling every single year. We're going to continue to celebrate all life. We need people that don't understand our position to understand that we are here for all life. It is a human right, a natural human right, um, Right in our Constitution, it says that we stand for all human life, and that's where we're going to begin. I know the Catholic Conference of Ohio had put a a nice statement out, and one of the things that I really liked that they said in here, it said uh, one of the bullet points about their vision on a culture of life and charity, it said to inform Catholics throughout Ohio of our tremendous commitment to enable families to flourish and to contribute to the common good by engaging and listening to mothers and fathers, especially those with limited resources or disadvantaged backgrounds. So, I mean, that's what I plan to do. That's what I'm hoping that others will continue to plan to do. And, you know, Mary, you've, you, you know, you, you're tired. You know, you, and I know you've got a bunch of meetings uh, with, the, with the conference uh, coming up as well to kind of continue to figure out how we're going to continue to do this work because it is vast and it is, uh, is going to take a lot of effort on everybody's part. So... Um, yeah, know that we're that we're praying for you, and we hope that we can. Yeah, you know, if we can be of any help to you, please let us know. I can't thank you enough for your support and for getting the word out um, that the church is a community where all need to feel welcome. Uh, we want everyone, moms, dads, families, to know that our God's a God of mercy and love, and we are here to be with you through this next phase—not a new phase, but this next part of our journey. Mary Von Karlowitz, the director of the Office of Human Life here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And this is really about evangelization a lot of the times, too. And, uh, you know, next week we have an evangelization workshop coming up, don't we, Father? July 6th, Feast of Maria Goretti at St. Emmerich Church. It'll be the last hurrah for our friend Miguel Chavez from 2 to 5. He'll be teaching us how to be street evangelizers. Then we'll be celebrating Mass and then sent out into the neighborhood for about two and a half hours. Come back for night prayer. So you could check that out on uh, show notes, too. We'll have a 
flyer free there. Yeah, and uh, along the way here on our little community calendar here. So uh, we got a free concert coming up in August. Uh, the Hillbilly Thomists are coming in, and the same day we were uh, going to have uh, Bishop-elect Woost be uh, ordained. That's right. We're hoping well. to have a bit. Well, the, the concert was booked before the ordination, yes. but now the concert is a celebration of the ordination um, and other things, too. We just want to have a big blowout over there at St. Wendelin and Duck Island, so... Come, bring your Catholic friends, bring your pagan and atheist and agnostic friends, too. It's going to be a good time. August 4th, that'll be at 7 o'clock, St. Wendelin's Church over on Duck Island there. That's that'll it. be great. And uh, our church search this week will go to St. Cyprian, uh, which will be one of our Nine Nights churches in August as well, right? That's right. Father George Cousy is pastor. He's originally uh, from Poland. It's a beautiful church. I do believe it's the most east church in the diocese, or maybe, well, it's close. It's close. It's yeah. close. It's beautiful. It's in Perry. Uh, I've given a couple talks there. Big, beautiful stained glass windows, and they're going to be hosting Nine Nights of Night Prayer in December. So, mm, Yeah. And our gospel for the 14th Sunday at Ordinary Time, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. Mary, I hope that's not the case uh, <laughs> in the upcoming weeks for you. I hope you have plenty of laborers. But I like what uh, Jesus says in the end. He says, in whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Uh, and later on, he says, if they don't welcome you, shake the dust from your feet and go. So, Yesterday, I was walking the Tolly Lege crew through town. There were 18 teenagers and three seminarians and a female chaperone. And on the corner of East 9th and Euclid, I was told I was a sodomite, uh, a rapist, and that I'm going to hell. And all those people behind me are too. And the, wow. the teen said, How do you really Father, feel? what do you do with that? I said, you know what? People rejected Jesus, too. Shake the dust, keep on walking. Yeah, that's right. You know. They're going to know us by what we witness. That's right. They will know that we are Christians by our what? Our love. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is, that's another question of faith. Mary, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. It really means a lot. Yeah, and uh, let's all help Mary as we can. Please check the show notes for ways that you can uh, continue to contribute to uh, life here in the Diocese of Cleveland. We'll have all that and a whole lot more next time on Question of Faith.